Welcome to season two of the Lead with Indeed podcast, where we chat with the experts about the world of work. Here, authors, researchers, and industry leaders share their expertise on the science of talent acquisition, management, the future of work, and much, much more. I'm Liz Lewis, anthropologist, writer, and researcher at Indeed. On today's show, I'm speaking with Donna Ballard, associate professor at the University of Texas at Austin. Dr. Ballard is an expert on time. Her research examines how we experience time in our daily lives and what it means for the world of work. In today's conversation, she discusses the impact of COVID on our sense of time, how natural rhythms affect productivity, and why egg yolks should really be orange, not yellow. Let's get started. So we are speaking with Dr. Donna Ballard, Associate Professor in the Moody College of Communications at the University of Texas at Austin. Welcome. Thank you for having me. We're so excited. Um, You are an expert in time and you teach about time. Um, I've seen you described or perhaps you described yourself as a time smith. Can you walk me through what this means to be an expert in time? I assume it doesn't mean that you're really great with time and you're on time for everything, right? No, of course not. The opposite. Of course it means the opposite. Yeah, it just means that because, frankly, it was was such um, an important part of my life in so many ways I could see how time shaped the quality of my existence that when I discovered back in undergrad, this is the first time I knew that time was socially constructed, meaning that it wasn't something given to us by the gods. That was not it. That it was really actually a very fluid creation that changed based on the setting and based on the person and the environment and and the sort of national culture. When I realized that, I just felt like my life was forever changed. I mean, because I thought, wow, if we create it, then we can recreate it and we can make decisions about it that might make our lives and our work better. That was literally back, I was a I was a junior in undergrad and I thought, wow, this is big news. Time is central to our lives, right? And and it's literally everywhere, always. We cannot get away from it um, with our work, with our family. But it seems like people don't talk about it in that way. You know, we talk about it in terms of wasting time, killing time, making time. Um, we have all of these these expressions, these idioms around time, but it seems like people don't really think about it that much as something. Why is that? Why do people sort of take time for granted? Absolutely. So the reason is that we're supposed to. So all cultures, <laughs> really, like, just think about the logistics for a culture, for like, coordinating a group of people, however local or global that group is. So we have to coordinate. And it's not just in time we coordinate, we coordinate in space, we coordinate in what's polite. Like we have all of these rules that allow us to have a somewhat, um, you know, friction-free existence together. Like that's our goal. We want to reduce the friction and sort of get our needs met. If we constantly talked about and debated those rules, then we couldn't have sort of normalcy because we might 
we would be changing probably our opinions about these rules more often than a culture would like. And mm-hmm. so the idea that time is hidden, in fact, it's hidden, you know, as this underlying fundamental dimension of human existence. And it's hidden because we can't constantly debate something that's so central. Does that make sense? Like if we were getting a chance to talk about it, we might say, oh, are you, do you mean that we just agree to this, that this isn't true? We have to believe it's true. How would you describe American workers' relationship to time? And that's obviously a huge category. So American workers' relationship to time is the classic industrial time. And yeah, so literally time became money in industrial capitalism. And so when you were mentioning, like, we mentioned like, oh, we wasted time, spent time, borrowed time. We do talk about it a lot, but we only see it as a commodity and we don't have an understanding that that really, again, it's a very new agreement and that it's only one way to position time in your life. It is money if you participate in industrial capitalism to some extent, right? But really, that was more intended for factory work. And it really doesn't fit our work now. But because it was literally, and when I say culture is something we're taught to believe is true, that's from the moment we're born. That's in our schooling. That's in our religious organizations. And that's in the workplace. That they teach you that time is money Mm -hmm. and that idle time is the devil's workshop. And again, the Protestant work ethic isn't just for Protestants anymore. (laughs) It's for capitalists. And so, yeah, we really measure time as some aspect of worth. It's the worth of our work, the worth of ourselves, right? Like, have I spent my time in a productive way? Then that's based, you know, that's essentially me even seeing my own outputs, even say it's on the weekend, it may not have anything to do with work, but throughout our whole life, we see time is money and money is work. And so time is work. You said something that, that really stood out to me. You said that this concept of time doesn't fit our work now. It doesn't fit our world of work, right? Because we're no longer, you know, I, I work normally, not during COVID. I work in an office. I don't work in a factory right. or something of that nature. Right. Um, do you see any, you know, industries or even individual employers kind of shifting gears to accommodate new understandings of time that maybe work better for people? Yes, absolutely. So, so there's a few um, innovations that I've seen. Um, one is uh, no work Wednesdays so that mm. people are having a four day work week. Yeah, there, there's, there, it's very new, but there's some work done on it. There's, you know, sometimes it's, um, Monday through Thursday, but you know, so you have Fridays off, but consistently there's a, there's an interest in Wednesdays because you have two days on, you have a day off and then two days back on, which is more like a, a work recovery cycle. So you work, you recover, you work, you recover through industrialization. The goal was to get everyone to leave 
those rhythms outside of the door and to come in and just be a worker and to only produce during a window of time because you were getting paid for that. Um, How you, how you can see this, this um, recovery cycle and how when we're connected more with biology, we we naturally tune in. But so I I go to this, um, this lovely local grocery store to get eggs once because like, you know, wherever we normally got them, they were out. And so we ran really quick. They were, turns out the best eggs I've ever had. And they, in fact, were so good. I had never had eggs that good. And when I cracked them open, they were almost orange. And I thought, oh, yeah. there's something wrong. And I called, the store was <laughs> called Ingredients. And I called oh, yeah, and I sure. said, yeah. And then I said, I think there's something wrong with these eggs. And they were like, no, that's actually how eggs are supposed to look. Yes. And, and so then we were addicted, right? So then we, that's all we bought. And even though they were like far more expensive than I right. you know, <laughs> normally would have, but now we're like, oh, that's the only kind of egg to ever buy. And once we went there and they were out and you're like, okay, they're out today. We went back, they were out again. So finally we said, what's the deal? Like our eggs, where are they? And they said, yeah, the chickens are molting. We don't have eggs. We're not going to have eggs till they're done molting. And I was like, that's, that's it. That's yeah. work recovery. Naturally, most things outside of factories had rhythms where it was yeah. on and off, on and off. And that's what I think the the four day, the, the Wednesdays off really helps to replicate that you're on and then you're off and you're on and you're off. And humans, we forget yeah. that we're so much like that, that we yeah. have rhythms and yes. we actually are great producers. And the reason I point out that those were literally the best eggs I've ever had, will yeah. probably ever have, is that they were, you know, they were extraordinarily good at what they did. <laughs> Extraordinary, you know? And so this wasn't a, a glitch in the system. This was the yeah. system. This is the system. And so our goal and our challenge for post-industrial work is to not just become pre-industrial because we're not that anymore, but to figure out the best of this pre-industrial and industrial life and find a way for the two to work together. Cause we do have pots now and they're not going anywhere. And we do like global commerce. And that's why we need clocks and we need atomic clocks and we need nanoseconds. Like we, this is part of what we value. So we need to find a way to pull from pre-industrial and from industrial and make something new. But right now, we're just trying to keep going in this industrial way of working. And we're not in, I mean, some people are in factories, but the the entire global workforce is not in a factory. We're much more, and right now, a lot of us are at home, no matter yeah. what industry you're in. So I'm thinking about, you know, I, I have, I've had lots of conversations with um, friends and colleagues who feel compelled to, maximize productivity, right? We hear a lot of talk about maximizing productivity and multitasking to get as much done as possible. What are your thoughts on these concepts? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So in terms of maximizing productivity, that's fine. As long as you have in mind this thing called time scale, which that might be obscure. So let me just say, 
as long as you know what window of time you want to maximize productivity in. So if I want to maximize productivity, let's say I, I run a company and I know everything, right? I have an MBA and I know all the things about work. I studied work. I get that. Then I actually want the people who work with me to stay working with me for a long time. Okay. I want them to be healthy mentally and physically. Um, I want them actually to be rested because so many industrial accidents occur from basic sleep deprivation. Like yeah. if I actually know the data, the actual literature on how to have a productive workforce, then my the window of time I think about when I think of productivities, it's not going to be a day or a week or even a month. That window of productivity, it might be like a five-year window. It might be a year. Um, but it's yeah. it's going to take into account that Interesting. there are different rhythms in all of work and that there might be really intense. Just every industry has busier and slower times. Like no matter what it is, for whatever reason, um, there, there's some rhythm. And let's just take a CPA. They obviously have a really busy season all around April 15th in the U.S. Right? Sure. So things ramp up before then and they stay intense. And then they're, they're going to have a, a downtime around July. And I know this because I know some CPA. So around mm-hmm. July, it's going to be slower. And so I'm going to think minimally across a year, Do are the people who are working with me, are they productive for that whole year? So I will want to maximize, right, what we get done because we love our work. We want to serve our customers. I want to maximize that across a year. So that's going to mean that if I want them to do well during tax season, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be burning them out in July. Yeah. They're not. I'm going to be. We're going to be going on corporate retreats. We're. They're going to be taking hopefully mandatory vacations. When they have children, they're you know or adopt children, they're going to have great family leave times so that they can pay attention to work when they get back. They're going to have good health care. They're going to have um, paid leave uh, or mm-hmm. like paid sick leave. Like So the goal of productivity is, is lovely, but it can't be short term today only. Because if we if if instead I didn't know any of the data and I just wanted you know, everyone to be productive and I wanted this one month, everyone to be really productive, we would just literally work nonstop and then mm-hmm. what would happen after that month everyone's burned out you yep. probably leave the organization because they're like oh you don't care about me here's yeah. one of the coolest things i learned about productivity is that our brains have a default mode right it's called a default mode network and we are actually getting more efficient work done when we're resting than when we're working And so what I try to build in, like if I know I have whatever I'm working on, I try to go, you know, go hard in it as as long as I can. Like for, you know, let's say it's a project and I'm reading about it and I'm, you know, looking at the data, I'm doing all these things. And then I take a break Mm -hmm. because I will lose my ability. There will be diminishing returns very quickly if I don't stop, work on something, you go take a shower. And it's accidental. You do it because it's late. <laughs> it's maybe time to take yeah. a shower. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I got it. 
I saw like whatever that problem was, you figured it out. That's the default mode network. That's what's doing that. And our brains really need downtime in order to do their most efficient processing, the most effective. That's how it, that's how it always occurs, right? I completely agree with that. And I have observed for years <laughs> in my own life, you know, when I start mm-hmm. to feel burned out on a project or on a work day, if I go and take a walk for, and it doesn't have to be long, but no, you know, no. take a walk 15 yeah. minutes yeah. and, you know, and there's, there's a world of difference between going outside, getting some fresh air and, you know, scrolling through my personal emails. Like oh, that yeah. doesn't <laughs> recharge no, absolutely. or, you know, heaven forbid totally social different. media, like it does not do it. Thank you for saying that because people do think you're taking time away because then they're now on social media, but that's not, you're still working the same part of your brain, the problem solving. You need to go into the right hemisphere. So the left hemisphere does all the "Hmm, problem, problem. How do I solve this problem? The right hemisphere is just enjoying the moment. The right hemisphere is actually where the now is. You want to calm that down. You want to say, hey, there's no wild animals, you know, coming after me, I'm safe. And now a different part of your brain starts working and you're like, oh yeah, well, how about this? So in terms of COVID, right, we're both working from home. Um, I've been really struck by how the pandemic has altered my own sense of time. And I've had this conversation with a lot of people. I feel like time is literally moving differently um, than it was pre-COVID when I was commuting and going to an office and had built-in lunch breaks and all of those sorts of, it was a very different rhythm to my day and to my work. Um, And I've heard this sentiment expressed by many other people um, who are also in a similar kind of like work environment right now at home. Um, Why is, this isn't just me, I assume, like what is it about this that has shifted time so radically um, specifically for people who are working from home. What you're seeing is that the cultural veil has been pulled back and you're seeing what time actually is now. So many things that were tied to clocks and calendars had been canceled. So we realized, oh, there's really, like what good are these devices right now? Because mm-hmm. they were tied to things that no longer exist. Appointments that used to matter, like a doctor's appointment, Mm-hmm. And let's say my doctor might charge me if I don't show up. Yeah. Now they're saying, hey, even if that five minutes before you end up, you start having the sniffles, you can cancel. Like it's a, it's the yeah. social agreement's different. It's no longer like this, this validity, this inherent sort of power given to the calendar and the appointment. So we started saying the event matter if you went back to pre-industrial time where it was just about the event what's happening is there a global pandemic okay that's the event that we're paying attention to and that's driving everything yeah what has what is transpiring is that people are combining the idea of time is money with we're basing on the event and we don't have as many events and so instead of that phrase we used to say working around the clock we're working around no clock now. So we are literally just working and working and working because there's no time. So it's not the way that I, when I originally said, we got to find a way to combine both pre-industrial yeah. and post-industrial. 
this isn't the direction that I, I hope for. <laughs> what are some examples that you can think of, um, of interventions employers could make to help those of us who are working from home now really navigate this effectively and productively? One of the, the things that cost nothing that employers could do is to think reflectively about what the work day is and what the work week is and encourage their employees to actually work during those hours because okay. what people need now are boundaries because there is no clock. And yeah. so if they, I've seen in some cases, you know, in my correspondence over the last, I don't know, is it nine months now that we've been in a pandemic or whatever. Um, but what I've seen is um, people saying, you know, I won't be available outside of business hours. Like, you know, this email won't be answered. And I really like that. So establishing boundaries on what the workday is. And so whatever that industry standard is, to think reflectively about that, communicate that with the employees, like, okay, here's our work hours. And we don't expect to see you online outside of these hours. And um, if we could give people some extra flexibility during this time around various deliverables, because if you know something comes up around your extended family, then it's it's different now than it than it was before. And I feel honestly like if we can be reflective enough in the midst of this, we could literally come out the other side with far more productive workplaces than we ever had. Like it could be really finally like we could fix a lot of what was broken through the space to reflect and to learn and to not pretend that we have it all figured out because none of us living has ever experienced this before. I'm speaking with Dr. Donna Ballard, Associate Professor in the Moody College of Communications at the University of Texas at Austin. She is an expert on time and the role of time in our work and our lives. And it has been such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. I'm Liz Lewis. My thanks to our guest, Donna Ballard, for sharing her insights on the curious history, culture, and science behind this thing we call time and what it means for the world of work. Thank you for listening. In the next episode, we'll meet Caitlin Collins, a sociologist and author who studies how workers juggle their jobs with caregiving responsibilities at home. She'll discuss what this means for employers during the COVID-19 pandemic and beyond. I hope you'll join me. Subscribe to Lead with Indeed for additional content, episodes, and to hear from a variety of experts on work, talent, leadership, and more. Find more content, videos, and articles about the world of recruiting at indeed.com lead.